This is CliffCentral.com. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yet again, another one of those absolutely fantastic days. Man, I call this the shortest hour of the week. Welcome to it. It's Unplugged and In Charge on Cliff Central. Now, this right here is absolutely fantastic. Obviously, you already know how it goes down. If it's your first time listening into the show, uh, we really try to make the conversations about upbuilding things, people doing big things, people on the move, people we can learn from so that we too can start getting on the moves in our journeys as well. And we can, of course, always build and grow and become more and more as well. Now, the gentleman that I have in studio with me this time around goes by the name of Katleo Malachi. This gentleman right here has done the most. He's an inspiration to many people, not only in his city, but he likes to rep the city all the time. And he puts people on the map, man. And of course, in the same breath, also doing great things for himself as well. Now, he's really done a lot. He's the CEO of his own company. In fact, he launched a couple of different initiatives and he really continues to man those along with his friends as well. So we're going to learn more from him, learn how it all comes together. Is it maybe the type of people you hang around? Maybe is it the inheritance or what, what really makes a man so successful and makes a man successful from a young age. Obviously, we're saying man right now, but we just mean youth in general. It's that um, born free hustle. I, I mean, we, we all got told, hey, man, you guys are born free. There's opportunities for you. You know, you guys have all of this on a silver plate in a way. But then a lot of us feel like ah, I don't really see the silver plate because it's still a hustle. But then there are guys amongst us who actually achieve really really great things and we're going to get to find out how all of that actually comes to life and how it all comes to play and as i said we joined by katleo malachi how you doing brother i'm good good how are you brother how fantastic you? thank you very much for joining me thanks for having me i only see you on tv screens and billboards <laughs> these days so i mean i'm heavily honored yeah. <laughs> uh, listen to you Man, I mean, uh, I think uh, we first met in Varsity. Yeah, yeah. Um, back in those days, uh, you were either in the SRC or, you know, um, you, you also were helping out at RAG as well and so on. And, and that's pretty much um, maybe where I think your journey started. But I don't think that's where your journey started. Tell me where your journey really started with, uh, with everything that you're doing currently. Um, I think everything, you know, started at the end of um, a trick going into varsity first year, 2008, um, 10 years ago now. Uh, wow. We, the, the whole idea when we were all off to varsity was, you know, let's have a farewell picnic just between friends. Uh, mm. And we did it when we left. And every time we came back home, you know, we'd go to the botanical gardens and have this picnic and, we started calling it, you know, the homecoming picnic and, you know, yeah. eventually, you know, it grew from there and you know, you're in varsity, you meet new people, new opportunities arise, the property grows and, you know, commercialization becomes an option. You meet people, you grow, you expand. So I think everything else that you did mention, you know, being on the SRC, being on RAG, being on the housing committees, being actively involved in the student community, actually going to varsity, mm. all sort of came together with that initial concept and idea and gave birth to homecoming picnic as a commercial property and then gave birth to homecoming events eventually as an actual company. Yeah. And obviously then, you know, all of that entertainment stuff, 
along with the LLB degree and being able to go do your articles in a firm that then gave birth to tailor-made legal solutions. So, yeah, it's all just one mix masala. (laughs) You just flew past 10 years as if it was just nothing and just kind of summarized it in one breath. Wow. Okay. But we need to like rewind because, uh, what we always interested in is not always just where a man fell, but where he slipped. What I mean by that is even if you fell into good fortune and you fell into success, but we want to know where you slipped so that we can see what caused this great successful fall so that we can replicate it somehow as well for other people. So, you saying, okay, cool. You came out of university. I mean, you came out of high school. You had this homecoming uh, picnic. It was something that was small and intimate. Maybe that's already a, a key to say, a major key. Let's call the major keys, right? Yeah, there. yeah. You didn't really want to start big, but you wanted to start small and manageable. So, I mean, yeah, that's so for us, you know, and you, you get it a lot these days. Guys say, you know, how do I build something big? You know, and guys come, I've got money. I've got budget. I just want to go big. And we always, Revert back to our story because that's all we know of yeah. entrepreneurship. That's all I know of entrepreneurship is to actually start at the bottom to literally build a base. And I think one of the best things is that we started without chasing the profits. So there was no, there was never a, okay, cool. Well, you know, let's take this risk so we can get this profit. It was about mm. building a base and building something sustainable that people could buy into because, you know, People, people need to be invested in what you are doing before it can, you know, begin yielding any sorts of fruit. So for us, it was that whole start small, build the base. And, you know, for the first three years, guys would be like, yo, commercialize it, go big, start charging people. And we're only charging the fee to get into the botanical gardens. But what we're doing is we're building a loyal base of supporters and followers so that by the time we got to about 2011 when we started, you know, wanting to bring in artists and wanting to charge. We, we had a captive audience that was willing to make the transition yeah. with us. So yeah. That's actually quite important right there. So you guys were not chasing profits straight off from the onset, but you were chasing, um, uh, just having a reliable audience, knowing that they'll come back every single time and also mm-hmm. creating, um, that reputation as well. 100%. Of delivering every single time. And here's something else that you just mentioned. You guys didn't just go get a major artist straight from the onset. So many people say, yeah, I want to get black coffee. Um, what do you think? I need funding. I need a sponsor. I need a venue. Mm-hmm. I need, uh, and, and you're thinking, geez, man, have you done, at once yeah yeah and and no one no one usually they haven't even done the first you know the first trial run without any big names or anything like that it's 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 one of the biggest things and i mean it's a lesson we've subsequently had to learn relearn reteach mm. ourselves about going back to the basics you there, there needs to be basic principles of how you do things because guys yeah. come to us all the time like Yo, we want to get this guy. I want to get that. And I'm like, have you, have you hosted an event before? He says, no. Okay. But yo, you've got a proposal here to sponsors for like two million rands. And if somebody gave you that two million, would you be in a position to bring it back? Do you know what it feels like to lose two rand or 20 rand or 200 rand? Do you know what it feel? Do you know what it means to risk 2000 rand? And already now you want to go. And that's why guys do it once and you never see them 
<laughs> again because nobody's pacing themselves there's certain yeah. hits you can take and you need to be able to sort of ease yourself into whatever process you know whatever business you're trying to get into yeah. you need to be able to ease yourself into it say let me take the little projects let me see what i can stomach until i build the capacity and the credibility to be able to get more and i think that for us was the best part until we got you know seven years we never had any big slip-ups but then we got big and we forgot some basic principles and had the big slip up and we had to you know start again using those very basic principles of saying what what lies at the base what are you building on you know are you relying on big names are you relying on big budgets or are you relying on something that people can buy into if you had to chat with me about some of those major slip-ups, I think it's always wise to learn from, you know, from someone who's already been there and they can come back and say, by the way, this is what we forgot. This is, mm. this was our major slip-up and this is where I want to make sure that you don't slip up. What was that major slip-up for you, like later on? So, I mean, look, we, we got to a point in 2015 where we sort of conducted a Brand assessment and we said Look homecoming picnic as an event Is thriving you know uh, We're starting to penetrate as a company Into the marketing fields and whatever And it's probably a good time for a shift uh, You do not want to allow The brand to expire Especially after you know We started realizing there were a lot of events Similar to ours coming up and some done By people with bigger budgets who were able Perhaps to do it better and we said look We need to move out of the space yes we've pioneered It and we've Reached our peak, you know, we're doing 16,000 people in a gig. There's, there, there isn't much more we can do with this. So we came up with the good concept, the good idea, and we said, uh, we're going to start working on the festival. Homecoming Africa was meant to be our festival, literally building into a two, three day festival, you know, multiple stage. And obviously it was at a very good time for, the company mm-hmm. and we could take a few risks because we could afford to take a few risks, but we ended up biting off a bit more than we could chew on. We served a rabbit stew before we caught a rabbit, mm. which is very tricky because we went and booked, you know, Whiskid, um, Whiskid was pumping at the time for 2016. OT Genesis was pumping at the time, but the cost was astronomical to get those guys mm. down South African, you know, there's a there's there's a touch of arrogance that sort of says, but you know we're homecoming. You know we can do anything, and you know a whole host of things happen. Uh, power changed hands in the city, so we lost all Your- sponsorship. You know there was no sponsorship going on. You know generally um, everything was sort of put on hold because there's a power transition. Fees must fall was happening. Universities were closed. Uh, residences were shut down and. You're sitting here with this multi-million rand project and all the safety nets you thought you had in place are gone and all the, you know, all the risks you've taken, you're now fully exposed. And we got out of that event in a multi-million rand debt. And it was, you know, one of those where you're sitting and you're just like, well, I mean, six months ago we were doing as we please i mean we were having the time of our lives we just started the campus tour uh with hilltop live uh, you know doing big bash at uct and all those gigs and 
six months later you're four million rand in debt without any idea how to pay it off. Yeah. And that's when you have to learn to go back to the beginning, to the basics and say, okay, cool. What firstly, you know, is this it? Do we call it quits here or do we now go back and begin to fix and go back to the initial principles that got us to where we were in the first place to say, okay, we can, we can overcome this, but there's a very disciplined way. It makes you more frugal. It makes you more prudent. Mm-hmm. You become more responsible with your decision making. You stop keeping around people that aren't adding value. You start, you know, shedding the fat and you, you, yeah. you begin operating optimally, but you also come to realize that it then puts you in a place once you've been there and you've sort of learned the discipline and the humility to admit and acknowledge. And I think that that's one of the first things we did when we realized we're in trouble. We said, okay, guys, we're in trouble. We, we messed up. Yeah. You know, you tell you, let everybody know we messed up, guys. We, we don't have it. We're working on a plan. We'll get a plan, you know, bear yeah. with us. But because a big problem in business is when people don't acknowledge the difficulties they're facing, they are forced to then deal with them alone. They become dishonest. They become unreliable. You know, you start making promises you can't keep, writing checks you can't cash, and it makes it difficult to operate. But we realized, you know, the moment we became very honest with ourselves and with the people around us, it also takes away that stigma because there's a huge stigma, especially in the black community in business, around failure. Mm. You know, once you've been up, it's so, but why? Yeah. You know, type situation. Yeah. But the moment you own that narrative, you disempower the naysayers and you begin to own your own narrative and chart your own way back up. And we were able, you know, to streamline some of our ideas. And, you know, that's where Tony Fontaine was born, which is one of our properties that we're doing right now. That's really picking up a lot of traction where we had to go back and say, how do you connect with a, with a, with a base? How do you build confidence around a concept? How do you get people to own new properties like they owned homecoming picnic because homecoming picnic as you would know was owned by the people you know it's sort of yeah, like a yeah. and yeah and i mean those those are those are the sort of journeys you go back on and you say okay cool so we cut our own salaries we cut our own niceties the things mm. that we used to enjoy and you know once you're honest about it the moment people don't see you in places where they used to see you, you don't feel ashamed. You don't feel that pressure to say, oh, well, I gotta be in the club with everybody else. It's like, no, I'm not there right now. You know, we're saving, we're repaying, we're replanning, we're reprojecting. But it also, it also makes you very creative. Wow. Cause you have to be creative. You're sitting there every single day. You've got palpitations. You've got bills to pay, no way to pay them. And you must now be creative you must now engage with more people young people yeah. you must be more open you don't rely on your soul knowledge and it, it it ends up becoming such a very beautiful journey you meet new people you do new things and you come right back to where you were and you're able to then celebrate 10 years and say look in, mm. in a 10 year journey seven years fabulous three years not so great but the next 10 have no option but to be awesome because We've seen the good, we've seen the bad, and we've seen God in it all, and we've now learned what we need to learn, and we're able to to to, to push on for another decade. Wow, 
Absolutely fantastic. You see, what, what, what's even more remarkable about this story is really the person you become in the process. 100%. I mean, this is literally going from coal to being diamond, you know, mm. and be, from coal to diamond, there's a lot of pressure in there. I mean, coal gets, goes through a lot of pressure first and foremost. There's a lot of heat. After all of that, you're still an uncut diamond and mm. then you still have to get cut like a diamond. 100%. You want to shine like a diamond. 100%. And it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a socio economic spiritual journey. You learn, you be, you, you become a new person, but it's also by choice. You have to choose mm. when you're in there. It's, it's what you do with the hardship. Yeah. That's one thing we've, we, we, we've come to and say, you know, yes, you can acknowledge it and you can own it and say, this is what's happening, but people, Sort of wallow in it And some people want to hide away from it But it's what you choose to do with it You know, mm. even in your personal capacity What What if you, you cannot You cannot be the same person And do the same things And apply the same tricks To get out of that situation There needs to be reform For me personally yeah. It was a journey of spiritual reform There needs to be um, financial reform How do you live? Why do you live the way you live? Mm. How are you there needs to be leadership reform. How do you lead people? Mm. How, you know, do you lead by the example? I mean, we, we had a lot of people that worked with us that had to sacrifice because of people we worked with in the glory days who, you know, knew the high flying, the, the high flying life. And some of those same people had to come back down with us and take the cuts and you had to lead by example mm. to help people understand. And there needs to be, Reform, but if you, if you don't choose to embrace it and if you don't believe in a better tomorrow, and that's why it's important to build from the bottom up because if you acquire something, you have no idea how it came to be. The moment you go through that hardship, it's easier just to call it quits because, yeah. you know, there, 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 there's, there's people who are able to fix things because they know how to build things. But there are people who only know how to acquire things and therefore they only know how to replace them. Yeah. And that's why you never have anything solid running because you're always just jumping from one failed project to the yeah. next instead of having that discipline to sit down and say, let us actually map our way out of Egypt. Wow. I have a newfound respect for you, man. Wow. That, that, that story is amazing. Mm. And, and who you become in the process obviously is even more amazing because mm. now the character that you have displayed, it takes character and responsibility to take responsibility and to say, guys, look, we've, we, we, we think we're in trouble and yeah. we, we choosing to declare it and we choosing to find a way to fight out of, you know, fight out of Egypt. And, and that's exactly what you and your team decided to do. I mean, you could have easily packed up, as you said. Mm. And, uh, it, and it, it's those two different types of people. One who either just acquired without really any hardship so that they don't, they don't know how to, um, you know, how to build from scratch mm. again. They just know how to acquire again. So they just discard and start all over. You could have easily decided, you know what? Freak this. This event stuff, I'm going back to law. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, peace. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I must be very honest with you. Um, I've got a little daughter and, you know, those are the kind of thoughts that come. Say, so look, I mean, you can go back to the firm. You know, you've got friends in corporate who said to you, yeah. I'll just come back. And I, my position was, 
I don't mind coming back. I mind leaving this mess with somebody else. Mm. So if we can clean up this mess and at the end of it decide, sure, I want us to go, that's fine. But you must mm. be able mm. to hand over or sell over a healthy company to yeah. the next person because it's also people's lives and people's dreams. And especially us as young black entrepreneurs, there's people that sort of look up to you and say, here's a model. We would like to be this, would like to be like this. And when you throw in the towel, you, you, you're not throwing your company away. You're throwing your company and people's dreams and people's aspirations, um, and people's belief in the black dream. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I mean, I, I, I believe I'm, I'm a staunch Christian. I believe, you know, through our whole journey, it, it taught me to trust in God and taught the people around us to trust in God because what happens, the beauty about Honesty and integrity is that it inspires something in other people, it inspires compassion in people. So when you're, mm. when you're able to sit in a tough situation, I say to guys, and I mean, even on the legal side, when I deal with my clients, I'm like, let's, how's about we try the honesty? Tell, tell people what's mm. happening. People understand, you know, there's guys we've paid off large sums and small sums over a two year period. Off of being honest People become compassionate Off of your honesty Some people mm. are even able To assist you You know people Tell you, yes you know what Weza you actually Owe me A hundred K But you've got this project Coming up And if you don't Kill that project Then You're not going to be able To pay me back either way So here Here's another 50 Make it 150 And you'll give it to me You know Jeez. Christmas And it's, wow. it's It's what honesty And integrity in business Inspires mm. In people so it's first the honesty with ourselves because when we're honest with ourselves, we're able to plan, we're able to project, we're able to live within our means. And when we're honest with others, we're able to inspire compassion, we're able to inspire assistance. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's a very important thing. I know there's the whole fake it till you make it. And, you know, in, in, in certain aspects of the company, we faked it. Until we made it, but not, 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 not in a disintegral or a dishonest manner because we've come to learn in the darkest period that, and the help comes from places you actually don't expect it. Mm. But it would never come if you were never vocal and honest about it. Um, you see people get dragged all the time yeah. on social media, you know, mm. for small amounts. And sometimes I get so upset. I'm like, why are you guys, you know, Killing this poor young black person for like 20k. Like, I've been in two million rand debt with people who never lifted a finger to say anything, but it then, you know, it boils down to that. Say, well, you were honest about it. So people mm. found the grace to say, okay, well, there's no need to go public about it because you're not dodging calls, you're not dodging meetings, you're not, yeah. you're there, you're present in your dark time. And as, as angry as it might make people, you're there and they can't, there's nothing more. What's the worst thing that could possibly, what's worse than what has happened that could possibly happen? Mm. And it's, it's lessons that we wouldn't really know because there aren't many people sticking around to tell that part of the story. Everybody tells a story of success. Like I got you. I sold fit cook and Maguena and I made it. Yeah. And I've been having it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no listeriosis almost destroyed my business. It's just like, yo, man, I've been 
having it. Yeah. And that's the dream and the vision we end up having as young black business people. And we go out and when the hardship comes, there's nobody to look to. There's no format to look. And that's why we are very open and very vocal and very honest about this to say, this is real. This stuff happens. You can make one mistake in one day. And sometimes it's not even your mistake. It's the variables. You know, I mean, we could have never stopped Fees Must Fall. In 2015, we were funding Fees Must Fall. Mm-hmm. You know, we shut down the company and we took resources. We pumped money into one of the institutions and were there on the ground. And we had a good year in 2015. We could do that. In 2016, the dates were different. It just so happened to clash with us. And that's, that's the hand you are dealt. But what, what is your cap- capability? To bounce back mm. And that's where That's where The real Sort of Essence of Entrepreneurship lies What is your ability To bounce back Wow The ability to bounce back Something really Important and interesting That you're mentioning here It's qu- it's crazy that At one year you, You're feeding something And then the next year It becomes the monster <laughs> <laughs> That's eating you That's <laughs> so crazy it's, Yo, what what what's interesting for me is um, there's there's um there's a way in which project managers from back in the times of um the your um uh, explorers you know the uh, the the times of Jan van Riebeek and even earlier than that they had uh, four four ways if if I'm if I'm not mistaken that they would use to predict outcomes. And with, with, in that particular manner, be able to conquer nations or even just get to understand, um, foreign concepts a lot more. The first one is that you have known knowns. There are things that you know and you know how they're going to go. Yep. It's like those are your known knowns, even in inve- events management yep. or whatever else you're trying to do. There's things that you're kind of guaranteed about these, these sure. things and that's your known knowns. Then there are the known unknowns. So you know that you don't know what the weather is going to be yeah. like, but you can kind of work on it until it becomes a known known, meaning kind of that, you know, you check the Internet and um, you, you check it every day until that date comes. Because, I mean, uh, for something like, for instance, homecoming picnic uh, back in those days, you guys had to know like six months in advance which date you're going to pick. Yeah. Then you have to speak to the venue and the people. Yeah. You know, that's a funny story about the whole weather thing. So we've been in some very interesting situations um where it's rained literally around the whole venue and never at the venue at the venue you know mm. like and i mean a hundred percent i mean for us it's always been you know the power of prayer but the one thing that we did have to do at a certain point was begin researching weather patterns mm. say on which weekend so there was a time when we used to host at the beginning of september and as the years went, we realized that the first weekend of September is generally picking up rain. And, you know, you have to then move and say, okay, we are moving to the last weekend of September because, and it's, 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 it's you have yeah. to, you have to, you have to take on a different profession now. You mm. have to become some form of a <laughs> weather, a weather analyst. analyst of yeah. sorts. It's, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Yes. Sorry, I, I, I no, no, no. It's this is a dialogue. Yeah, so yeah. I should have whiskey in here next time. <laughs> should, you know, really relax. Water. <laughs> Great. So, um, so then it's so it's the known unknowns, right? Yeah. So they are, but we can normally work on those until they become known knowns. All right. Then you have the 
no, uh, the, well, we had the known unknowns. Then you have the unknown knowns, if that makes any sense. But there are things that, um, you, you, um, okay, cool. I, I just need to kind of yeah, wrap yeah, this around just, my head. So just allow that English to, yeah. to, to sink in, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. one of them is things that you know you don't know about, but then the others are you don't, you, you don't know them, but you know that they could have an influence. So you, um, they kind of seem the same as the known unknowns in a way. But I think the last one is the more important one, which is the unknown unknowns. That's kind of what hits you guys. Mm-hmm. Because you will never know that political uprising will happen at the same time where powers shift. The people mm-hmm. who sponsored you are no longer sponsoring you. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, you know, Everything just goes wrong all at the same time. All your safety nets get pulled under you all mm. at the same time. And, um, you know, in that regard, if you, if you, if you always keep these things in the back of your mind, you can start having, um, oh yeah, those were actually only three, but these ones are now four. You can start having the best case scenario. Normally people always predict the best case scenario yeah. so it's the best best case scenario then you have also the worst best case scenario it's it's bad but it's actually still a best case scenario mm-hmm. because there's also the best worst case scenario and then there's the worst worst, worst, worst case, case scenario, scenario. <laughs> and people don't think about all of them yeah and if you have a plan for everything even the worst worst case scenario then you kind of like in good hands because then you can start making the big risks Knowing that, okay, cool, I, I'm putting 4 million rand for the worst, worst case scenario. And I know that I will still survive. But all the others mean, meaning that I will definitely survive. But this one is the worst, worst case scenario. It's if my sponsor leaves and my venue leaves and the weather starts to change. You know, you know, there's, and it's crazy. There's, there's, that stuff is disturbed mainly by comfort. Mm. Where people just get too comfortable. Because, you know, in a, in a seven million rand project, you sort of look and say, mm, at a worst case scenario, nobody pitches up, but I've still got all my sponsors. Mm. So we can balance it out, you know. We, yeah. And when you are comfortable, you seldom go worst. Worst. Yeah, you always look at the first. Team. You know, you when you when you when you're comfortable, you seldom go worst worst. But some of the people who are most successful is that people start from the back, moving forward. So okay, mm. what's our worst worst? How do we save God? I mean, I'm 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 busy thinking now. Sort of our previous experiences have now led us to a situation where we're with our current twenty fontaine property. For the past two months, we've been putting up a tent that costs us. A Bedouin tent that covers pretty much the whole venue that costs us an astronomical amount of money, but only because there was a 30% chance of rain. Never rained on either. (laughs) You know, doesn't rain the first time and you're like, yeah, next month we know, you know, we know it's not going to rain, but yeah, you know, but you can't take that chance. The partners sit there and say, you can't risk it. You know, the consumer comes first. You need to be able to. The consumer must know at all times that when I go to a homecoming event, it does care is what. taken mm. for most scenarios. You know, last year we had a situation where it rained near the end of the event and we hadn't covered the top venue. And 
that those kind of experiences then bring you to a place where you say, actually, we can never relax. We can never be that comfortable. Wow. We need yeah. to actually start from a worst to worst and build our way up to a best best and mm. hope for the best. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, but it's, 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 it's the art of preparation. Mm. Mm. And sometimes it's those little things that carry you through. Those are the little things that carry you past because that's what the consumer can relate to, to say, Somebody actually took care to say in scenario X and in scenario X, my comfort would be taken care of. And that's, that's how you have to start thinking because when you're in the events industry, in the people's, in the business of people. Yeah. You're in a people based, services based industry. And the moment you are, you consider yourself above or you begin to discard or discredit the views and opinions of people about your service, you are one event away from oblivion. Mm. So it becomes a very interesting terrain and that, you know, and that's why we run our internship program, for example, with uh, all our university students that come and intern for us to say, yes, we've been doing events. You know, I've been in events for 10 years, but there's a lot I have no idea about. That happens on the ground today And mm. if you don't invest in Keeping your lifeline To the market alive You know you can take all your experience And you can tell great stories To your grandchildren But you'll be telling It to them on a worn out couch Because mm. you just couldn't Carry it on long enough to build A legacy And so, and that's And that's why we Submit ourselves to people who've gone before us, you know. So we, we work a lot with guys from Opikopi. We sit under their leadership by choice to say, let's sit with people who've been there before, people who you can learn from, people who can show you, you know, you, you can never know enough. You can know a lot, but you can never know enough. So as I say, I don't believe in people that don't have mentors. I don't believe in people that don't have people that they look up to because they know a lot, but they know nothing. Mm. You know, you can never lead yourself. I mean, there's young guys who come and you try to give them advice and they'll say, ah, no, you're trying to control us, whatever. And when they come back, I say, you know what? I'm not even going to say I told you so. All I'm going to say is, come, let me show you. I've been there. You don't have to make the same mistake. mistake. Yeah. Our whole point was to pave the way for you guys to say, okay, this is how the game goes. So you don't have to necessarily go that step. But, you know, 80% people want to learn it themselves and the other 20% would rather learn it from those who've gone before. And it's a, it's a, it's, it's quite a, it's quite an interesting journey, really, just to, just to, to witness. Yeah. And it's humbling as well. Quite. Yeah. Extremely. Mm. Extremely. Cause, you know, you sit, you sit with guys and the, the most interesting thing for us during our down phase was that, all the people that hadn't really done anything, you know, people that haven't done anything with their lives are all like, oh, what the hell? And, you know, gossiping and what, what. And all the guys that have been in business and guys who've been in events, everybody was like, oh, okay, that happened to you. All right. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know, it, was, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, so you, you lost how much? Three, four. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. Fine. Like, dog, I don't know. It's like, you'll be, you'll be fine. This is a school fees. This is part of, the yeah. process come let's mm. show you how it goes and it, uh, it, it 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 it's it then shows you you know the importance of 
even picking your associations in business. You know, you spend too much time with cheerleaders. You're going to struggle, um, when you take the fall because cheerleaders, cheerleaders don't cheer when they when, have a team yeah, score. 100%. Cheerleaders got to keep quiet and cheerleaders got to look at you. Like, well, what are you doing now? Oh, I actually thought you were doing, you knew what you were doing. And yeah. It becomes, it becomes a thing. And you know, you have to keep some of those people in your circle. Yes, those that are there for encouragement, but those who add value. Mm. And when you look around you, so you can, you can never be happy to be the hero in your team. There needs to be complementary synergy. There needs to be complementary strength where I am weak, my partner must be strong so that the work can move forward. Because if you're surrounded by cheerleaders and people who aren't really invested in the vision and people who don't have a mind and a heart to work, you are never going to dig yourself out of it. So that will to carry on will be compromised by the inability. So the question was, do you have the ability to carry on? The ability to carry on also centers a lot around your unit. How's your unit set up? Do people still have faith? Do people still have belief? You know, for us, a lot of stuff was just people saying, that's fine, we still believe in you. You've done, you know, don't forget. You know, when you forget, you know, people can, don't forget, don't forget, you know, don't Mm -hmm. forget where you started. Look where you are now. And, And then you learn the importance of the team Dynamic mm. Yeah Jeez Do you think that you are a better person go- Having gone through this Or would you have been better off 10 years down the line only in law I mean so you know The the interesting thing for me is that um Sort of this down This downward period Gave me more time to focus on my law business and actually check the books and say what's actually happening on the business side. And, you know, it forced me to become more prudent and more um, disciplined in how I carry out my work and my business. And I, I think it's been, it's been great for me in literally every single facet. I, if you knew me prior to October, 2016, chances are, you can barely relate today because of the transformation, the transformation wow. in thinking, the transformation in uh, your way of doing things, business, business ethics, business integrity, personal ethics, personal integrity. Um, yeah. uh, I, I found God in the wilderness, you know, yeah. and, um, and I've seen it translate so beautifully into the new journey in the new projects that we come up with in, the new way of marketing my legal business. Um, you know, when I then began to research, when it became less about me and more about the offering, I came to realize I actually don't need to be blasting this thing on social media and whatever. What I need to be doing is building client relationships and securing that work. And now I've got bigger clients now than I had back then and I'm able to handle them better than what I did back then because... I now know the risk involved. You know, it's a, anything can happen on any day. What's your worst worst? And if your worst worst comes to pass, where are you? Where are you from a financial planning perspective? Where are you from a business perspective? Are you guys ready to weather any storm? And when 
you think like that, you become a lot more disciplined, a lot more disciplined in how your finances, and you become a lot more structured in your thinking, and you're you're able to convey and relay that to your team, and everybody's able to then share the vision and act accordingly to preserve it. And you know that once you hit that tenure mark, you are now officially in business. So you say, okay, cool. Let's start. Yeah. Let's get started. Let's let's go. Let's push because we are adequately equipped. Um I would have been worried if we got to ten years without a story to tell. If mm. if it was if it was if it was a story of inclination and no decline, I'd have been terribly worried. And you know, you look back probably nearly died back then, you know, from stress. But now mm. you look back and you're like we made it. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, you mentioned a couple of things uh, while while you were, you know, sharing. And one of them was that there's the stigma amongst black people or maybe even amongst South Africans yeah. that, ooh, ooh, ile. Yeah. You know, that, that vibe. And then, so you want to keep quiet about your fall because, you know, you, it's like when you're in class and you fall, you want to get up real mm-hmm. quick before anybody notices. And... um it's interesting because if we compare America, um, when it comes to investments, they would actually rather invest in somebody who was bankrupt before. Mm-hmm. If you're saying you've run a company, you've been bankrupt before, and you've come out of that, then they're like, yes, you have all the right qualities. You've learned enough yeah. stuff. Here's more money. Go fail. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. versus South Africa where, ooh, you've fallen before. You are a risk. risk 100%. Mm, what do you have to say about that? I mean, for me, it's it's the risk takers that reap the biggest benefits. And, you know, initially it, it, it comes as a big theory initially when you hear it growing up, like, oh, big risk, big, re- big reward. But I, I don't think necessarily it lies in the ability to risk because there are people who know how to risk but don't know how to work. Mm. Maybe it's managing it's risk. 100%. So how do you manage the risk and how do you back the risk up with work ethic? Mm. Because that's, um, you know, that's, I mean, what uh, Rudyard Kipling says, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it all on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. It says, can you lose and go back? The question is, can you lose and go back? People know how to risk. Take mm. the one risk and never go back. Yeah. But if you if you have if you have the mind to work and you have the discipline to work and the focus to be able to really plan. Planning planning has become such an important thing to me. You know, now we do things a year in advance, a year and a half in advance because wow. we know how to mitigate, you know, raising funds. We know what we need to mitigate, so therefore we know how extensively we need to plan. And the question is can you plan and can you dust yourself up and come back and work? Not come back and, you know, mope. So, you know, we, I'm telling the story publicly now, but we've, we've gone through, you know, a two year period or, you know, a year and a half period at least of working, putting in the work and then being able to stand up and say, Sure. Okay. Remember us? Yes, we back. Um, but yeah. you know, yes, it might have never seemed like anything happened, but that's because we needed to put in the actual work. So yeah. the risk 
and the reward begins to make sense when you justify it with literal hard work. And you know, and, it, and all the other things factor in, you know, they say people say there's always a stroke of luck or whatever. I call it a stroke of blessing. Uh, there comes in the other important things, you know, associations. Mm. What kind of relationships do you build with people in your workspace environment? Because those are the people that would propel and push and help you. You know, how many doors do you open? I think one of the biggest things we realized when we went down is that because we spent our first seven odd years opening doors for people, it became those same people that carried us in our down period because, you know, people would look like, oh, but you did X for me or, you know, mm. generally or, you know, even if it's not yeah. the same people, but that, that culture and that energy then surrounds you and you're able to make yeah. it past. And it's, it's, a, it's a combination of many things. Obviously, you know, you can't really break it all down succinctly, but that's just, that's just some of the lessons from our, our journey that, that really stuck. Yo, this is golden. I'm telling you, golden stuff right there. A lot to learn in that. And I think, um, one of the analogies that, that I, I had coined a long, uh, a long while ago was imagine if you had a car and your car is like the project that you have, whether that project is, you know, your events company or whatever other company you might want to push. Money is like the accelerator, you know, that mm. acceleration, money can get things done fast. So it can get you in places very fast. But before you need money, you need to know how to drive. 100%. Most people think that their problem, why they're not where they want to be is because they don't have money. Yeah, people say funding. You know, <laughs> no funding. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, if I put, take you as a learner driver before you've actually ever learned how to drive and I just push the accelerator, what's going to happen? You're probably going to crash. Yeah. And in fact, the more money is involved, the bigger the crash. 100%. The more speed is involved, the, the worse, you know, the type of crash you would have. But normally the best place to learn is, with very low speed. In fact, yeah. don't even touch the accelerator. Yeah. Just learn how to drive with just the clutch and the brake and putting in into gears and, you know, braking, moving, braking, moving until you really are comfortable behind the steering mm. wheel and you know what you're doing. And then, of course, you can start now increasing the speed and increasing the speed. 100%. I mean, generally, people people are not going to invest in what you yourself have not invested in. Mm, mm. You, you come to people say, you know, I want money for this. It's okay. Well, what have you done? So, you know, nothing. But if you give me this money, I'll do it. And say, no, it doesn't work like that. You know, when you come and borrow my car, so do you have a license? Mm. Do you know how to drive? How so, long have you been driving? Okay, yeah. cool. Now, yeah, you can drive my car. And mm. you know, if you, if you, if you don't invest, I think that's one of the most disheartening thing, things about younger, younger folk these days is that I guess maybe it's because of the pressure of social media or whatever, the self-created pressure, but people mm. want to be, you know, somebody will go to a 35 year old and say, I want to be where you are today. And I'm looking at you, I'm like, homie, you've got enough time to do even more. But if you are willing to invest in yourself, in your own dream, in, if you're willing to learn, if you're mm. willing to build. And I think if the culture of building can, Really find roots in young entrepreneurs, then we will be a okay. You know, guys are yeah. making big funding proposals and going to government departments and saying, you know, what have you ever done? I, I, um, one of our corporate clients, 
send a kid to me and this kid pitched him for 15 million rand mm. in a project and he said, look, please talk to this kid for me. He's got this plan. He said, okay, cool. What, what have you done? You know, he says, no, you know, I've always just had a passion for this. And I went, I said, you want to manage 15 million rand? You haven't ever spent a cent. Where does that thinking come from? Where does this quick, rich success story come from? Mm-hmm. It's not a real thing. It's, it's, it's possible you can get there, but you have to build and it's a gradual build and yeah. it is a sustained effort. True. You know, um, yeah. So we had to learn that when we started and then we had to learn it again. <laughs> you mm. know, when, 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 when we, when we, when we took the dip, but I mean, it's beautiful now because everything we do is well thought out, well yeah. planned, well, Catered for it's yeah. it's 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 a it's a it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a beautiful thing to experience again. It's almost mm. like going back to the beginning, except yeah. now you just got bigger budgets. <laughs> True, I think I mean uh, the American philosophy when it comes to when it comes to entrepreneurship is you know fail early, fail young, yeah. and fail smart and fail forward. You know, 100%. it will it but it will continue to happen. I mean, Robert Kiyosaki then would say. You're gonna to continue to fail, but every single time you'll just be smarter and you'll get smarter and you, you might fail with more than what you failed sure. with before, but you're so smart you can bounce back so quickly. 100%. Like for instance, he said, I mean, he's got a lot of money right now, but he said, if I could lose all this money today, I could make it make back, it back way quicker than I 100%. made it before because you're just getting too smart and eventually you just, you stop hitting those same pillars that you used to hit before. 100%. And so I, I anticipate you guys will fail again. But yeah, it will yeah. be too smart. Yeah, yeah. It will be, it will be much easier and it will be different from the type of failures that you guys are failing with now. 100%. You will fail for a day and tomorrow, oh, we just made, we lost 20 million yesterday. We just made, we just 50, made 50 today. 100%. 100%. That and I received that in yeah. Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Brother, how can we ca- catch up with you? I know you guys are doing a lot in, in Pretoria right now. Tell us a little bit about that just before we head on out. Uh, so we've got 20 Fontaine, which is one of our freshest properties out right now. Um, happens every month and we've actually got one coming up this Sunday at the African B Emporium, which is also a very cool place in the 012 Central District to check out. But, um, everything about us is on our uh, website, www.homecomingevents.co.za. Um, homecoming event on Twitter, homecoming events on Facebook, homecoming events on Instagram. And yeah, that is. Where we can be found. Absolutely fantastic. Wow. It's the shortest hour of the week. How can you believe it's been an yeah, hour? We were right. talking for an hour. Right. Crazy. But thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I must definitely say that you were right in your earlier statement where you said, whoever knew you before October 2016 <laughs> and who knows you now, it's a whole new person. And for that new person, we give a round of applause. Well done, man. Absolutely fantastic. Thanks, thank, thank wow. you, sir. Thank you so much for having and me. And the really character, the build, my goodness, you're really inspirational. I'm going to listen to this podcast again because I mean, it's, it's, there's so many gems that you've shared. You, you, in fact, you said so many wisdom, but so, like, so freely. It was like in passing. You, you, you know, it just flowed out. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. And just like that, it's the end of the show. Thank you very much for joining us. And just like this gentleman right here, you should have the empire state of mind. Thank you very much for listening. It's unplugged and in charge on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.